He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings, steps. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, many shall see it, and fear, believe, and shall trust in the Lord. Psalm 42, 3. Nothing quite like being down in the pit spiritual pits, life pits, stress and aggravation pits, the path we walk can often be riddled with pit after pit carefully placed there by the enemy and those who are our earthly enemies to trip, trap, and send us tumbling down into that pit and the funny thing with pits is this, you are going to never free yourself from a pit. No one can climb their way out of a pit, nothing to hold on to, nothing to hoist them upward, nothing to stand on. Just trap, with only one way out, straight up. And sometimes we we are in a pits we must be very very careful when it comes to how we get out of that thing, what may look like a rescue line thrown down into that pit, a blessing, even guised as an answered prayer can actually be an even bigger snare that once you are freed leaves you running headfirst into an even more sinister trap. Which explains the necessity of seeking with our soul rather than thinking with our head, logic is not always what it appears. I'm gonna give you two examples of two men of God, two pits, two rescues and then you'll dig where I'm coming from about it. Most know the story of Joseph, he was the son of Jacob and Jacob loved him dearly, because he loved his mother dearly and Joseph had the nature of his mother, he was gentle and kind and his father favored him and this caused some serious jealousy, resentment, and hate spewed at him from his brothers. To put it mildly, his older brothers were really some rude, crude, and loud dudes whose hearts were in no way right. And if you have never read the story of Joseph, please read it, but for now we will pick it up here, when he has been sent out by his father to feed them, boy, you could get into some symbolism with that, maybe we will one day. Genesis, 37 18-29, And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what shall become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid, rescue, him out of their hands, to deliver him, take him, to his father again. And it came to pass, when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company, group, of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother, and conceal his death? Come, and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother in our flesh. And his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites merchantmen, and they drew, pulled him up, and lifted Joseph up out of the pit, and sold Joseph for twenty pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent, tore, his clothes. Man, now that was some bad blood. Let's see what we got going on here, well they hated him and they were so enraged and jealous that their dad had made a special tunic for Joseph and God had blessed Joseph with a dream and that just really added fuel to the fire. And notice that they were already plotting his murder and had decided his fate before he even reached them. 
To get into a little spiritual insight here, think about what they said about seeing what becomes of his dreams people will secretly hate you and want nothing more, often because of sheer jealousy, which is a spirit btw and want nothing more than to destroy your hopes and dreams. Let's talk about Reuben, he knew this was wrong, he could have stopped this, but he didn't because he would not stand up for what was right, he wanted to do it on the down low. He planned to go back and rescue Joseph and take him back home, but through his cowardice he talked them out of killing Joseph only to have him thrown into a pit from which he would be drawn up only to go into slavery. Reuben could have, should have but didn't and that made him just as guilty as his brothers. This pit was in the wilderness, we all know what that means, wilderness, scary places that we have never been nor know anything about and certainly don't know how we will survive there. And to top it all off they feel so good about what they have done to their brother they sit down and eat while he is terrified in a pit trying to figure out why on earth they hate him. Then the greed kicks in and they decide a little profit is better than blood on their hands as if this were really a lesser sin, talk about self-deception. I'm sure Joseph felt relief being pulled up out that pit, even not knowing what fate would await him, but just getting out of it and his freedom from the pit gained his brothers 20 pieces of silver but in the spirit world prophetically purchased the future slavery of the Hebrews by the Egyptians, the land into which Joseph was sold. Let no one ever deceive you, every action has consequence and often those consequences linger and they linger for generations. Jeremiah is known as the prophet of doom, he had a job and he had to do his job and absolutely at no time was anyone happy about anything that came out of Jeremiah's mouth. But Jeremiah was blessed and he was a prophet of God and as they could hate he and they could try to kill him, they could never silence or kill the word of God which came forth from him. He went through so much that he even wished for a second that he had not been born, he proclaimed that he would no longer speak nor make mention of God's name. But oh that fire, who can stop that fire? God would raise his spirit up and Jeremiah would once again regain focus. We are coming in on the story where they are mad, so mad because he has once again advised them with words they do not want to hear, and the saddest reality with the book of Jeremiah is the same reality we have now, they could have listened, they could have obeyed God, but they didn't. Just like Reuben, a bad case of could have, should have but didn't. Had they repented and turned from their evil ways, God would have turned his wrath and spared them, let's see how that went. Jeremiah 38 1-13, 38, Then Shephatiah the son of Matan, and Gedaliah the son of Pasher, and Jukal the son of Shelemiah, and Pasher, the son of Malchiah heard the words that Jeremiah had spoken unto all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, He that remaineth in this city shall die by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, but he that goeth forth to the Chaldeans shall live, for he shall have his life for a prey, prize, and shall live. Thus saith the Lord, This city shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which shall take it. Therefore the princes said unto the king, We beseech thee, let this man be put to death, for thus he weakeneth the hands of, is discouraging, the men of war which remain in this city, and the hands of all the people, and speaking such words unto them, for this man seeketh not the welfare of this people, but the hurt, harm. Then Zedekiah the king said, Behold, he is in your hand, for the king is not he that can do anything against you. Then they took Jeremiah, and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah the son of Homelech, that was in the court of the prison, and let down Jeremiah with cords, and in the dungeon there was no water, but mire, so Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Now when Abedmelech the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs which was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon, the king then sitting in the gate of Benjamin. Abedmelech went forth out of the king's house, and spake unto the king, saying, 
My lord the king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he liked, likely, to die for hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Abedmelech the Ethiopian, saying, Take from hence thirty men with thee, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. So Abedmelech took the men with him, and went into the, the house of the king under the treasury, and took thence old cast clouts, old clothes and rotten rags, and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And Abedmelech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes, armpits, and Jeremiah did so. So they drew up Jeremiah with cords, ropes, and took him up out of the dungeon, and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. So Jeremiah abode in the court of the prison until the day that Jerusalem was taken and he was there when Jerusalem was taken. As with Reuben, the king could have stopped this, Jeremiah was a prophet and the king knew this, so he should have stopped this but just like Reuben, he didn't. But Abedmelech had compassion and courage and he could, he knew he should and he did. And a eunuch and his use of old clothes and rotten rags is also very interesting because sometimes we can be pulled up out of pits by some very unexpected people using some very humble things, things that may not look so rescue worthy, maybe not quite what we were thinking of but yet perfect for the job of rescuing us and making the pull up a little less painful. Notice neither of these pits had water, Joseph's was empty and Jeremiah sunk up as he also would be stuck in bondage until Jerusalem was taken. Both were free from the pits, but they still were not quite home free and in life certain things can look good, they can look like a way out. People can seem to be your friends and be coming to save you out of the pit and in truth only be saving you because it will profit them something. So you have to be careful when you reach up to hold on to that rope that has been dropped down to you and make certain it is the one that will lead to true freedom. Pay close attention to who is on the other end of it. And if you know someone is in danger of being thrown into a pit, meaning someone cooking up plans against them, or if you see someone already in a pit, please don't ever allow yourself to be the one who should've, could've, but didn't. Because only God can truly deliver, only God can reach down that far and pull us up, only God can release us from being stuck in that miry clay of bondage and suffering and only God can set our feet on that firm foundation, on that solid rock. And only God can put a new song in our mouth and once others see us come up out of a pit of certain death and destruction, a pit of no return, as our scripture tells us, they see IT, they then believe, they then trust God because they have seen the pit we have been delivered from. Blessing, love and peace till next, keep your eyes on the prize. Love Sister Nina. Phi Lambda Omicron Gamma Iota Zeta Omega NBJ 2017 Original Post, October 24, 2017 Revisited September 7, 2022